It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball NBA expert, Jay Smoove. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NBA Finals. We got the Bucks at the Suns right now. On the pregame.com game center consensus live odds, they have the Suns for game one at minus five and a half. Total 217. Uh, this is a quick finals turnaround for the Bucks more than anything. I mean, game one's going to be Tuesday night, 9 p.m. on ABC. So not a whole lot of rest here for the Bucks as they played their final game on Saturday. So two full days for them. And the Suns, they actually played their last game on Wednesday, June the 30th. So the Suns with much more rest, they're going to end up with five full days off. Now this year's playoffs, just plagued by injuries. Key top stars went down. Uh, key stars went down. They came back. You know, role players got hurt. Some came back, some didn't. You know, it was just a tough playoffs, I think, for all these teams in general. Actually tough for me as well. You know, trying to get into you know a particular groove on, on what to do with all these injuries. You know, trying to handicap what a team might do, what they might not do to go ahead and fill in an injury or to go ahead, you know, and defend against another team, you know, try to exploit them, you know, for the injuries that that team did occur. And we do have another big injury, obviously, going into the finals with Giannis, you know, with his hyperextended knee injury. It looks like he's probably going to be out for game one. I think that the line right now, Suns minus five and a half, is indicating that they do not expect Giannis to go ahead and play. But I really don't want to go ahead and speculate. My handicap for this particular game is going to have Giannis as being out. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and judge my handicap for game one with Giannis being out. Right now, as I mentioned, uh, the Suns are the favorite in this game, but they're also the favorite in this series at minus 180. You guys can find that on FanDuel, and that is minus 180 for the Suns to go ahead and win the title. So I want to go ahead. I want to bring Smooth in here. Smooth, I'm going to throw it to you. With the Suns' price at minus 180, you know what factors do you think are factored into the Suns being minus 180 right now to go in and win the title? Well, I just think the the clear cut and, and biggest obvious reason for that series price would be you know Giannis's injury, and you know like you already mentioned, uh, he's more than likely going to miss Game One. But also just looking at that series price. Um, it may be leading to a strong indicator that he might miss, you know, more than one game, you know, maybe game two as well. So uh, with that series price being at, you know, what it's at right now, minus 180, uh, with Phoenix being the, you know, the heavy favorite, you know, to win, I think that's the strongest indicator there. Also, um, you know, Phoenix has home court. So um, I see this series going, you know, six, possibly a strong seven-game series again with the, you know, final game on their home court. I think that also has to do with it as well. You know, when I made my line for this, I made it at the Suns minus 280. And that was under the assumption that either Giannis was not going to play or he wasn't going to be effective. And a lot of that had to be, you know, due to, you know, how Giannis plays the game. And I thought, you know, that he's not going to be able to switch up who he is. He's not going to be able to play a finesse type of game. He's not going to be able to be that guy that, you know, could sit on the outside and, and shoot threes and things like that. Like he was going to have to play, you know, his normal game in order for, you know, the Bucks to have a real chance. So I made my line at like minus 280, you know, under the assumption that Giannis was never going to be healthy enough to be himself or that he wasn't going to go ahead and play. And then as we were talking a little bit, you know, was let's not throw, 
you know, let's just not throw the Bucks away that they played two good games, you know, without Giannis on the floor. I think that brings uh, at least a decent motivation here towards the Bucks that they can hang um, with the Suns. So with all that said, Smooth, why don't we jump into, why don't we jump into game two, game three? And the reason I want to start with those games and I don't want to start with game one, I want to go ahead and I want to figure out when do you and I believe that if Giannis does come back in the series, when is it? And when is probably going to be, you know, the most optimal time for the Bucks to bring him back? Like, when would they rather bring him back? Would they rather bring him back for game two or would they rather bring him back for game three? I'm under the assumption that game two is probably the better idea. Reason being is why not get a look at him while they're on the road? And if they can say, all right, you know, he's. He's 60%. Here's what he can do. Here's what he can't do. Maybe they go down 0-2. But then at least they know what they got from Giannis. They could bring him back home, get him an extra day's rest, get him you know, all the treatment that he needs. And that team's going to be fired up. The fans will be fired up. They'll be like, all right, we got our boy back. Um, and they could take it from there. I don't think it's a good idea to try to test Giannis out in game three you know, in Milwaukee if they are down 0-2 because if he's not 100%, then it's going to be, well, we have to try to figure out on the fly what the hell to do in this particular game. And if they do lose that game, you know, because Giannis isn't healthy, I I don't know if they even get a game, you know, in this series at all. So I think game two is probably the game that you bring him back, get a look at him, see what he looks like. Maybe they win, maybe they lose. I don't think it matters, but I think that that's probably the game that you bring him back. So I don't know how you feel about that smooth, but when would you go ahead and bring Giannis back? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, game two would be the best situation uh, for him to come back. You know, just like we saw, you know, in the, with the Hawks bringing Trey Young back, they was able to play pretty well and win game of four or five on their home court. And, you know, they went down and, and lost in, in Milwaukee. And, you know, when they needed the game, you know, they needed to win game six to force a game seven. They brought Trey Young back, but, um, you know, there was a lot of, hype around him being healthy and his return. And, you know, he just wasn't healthy. And, you know, a, a player of his uh, stature, of his magnitude um, that, you know, has missed a couple games, been out, you know, close to a week or something like that, you know, it, it takes, you know, those guys a, at least a game to get reacclimated back to their role and then their teammates around them to get, you know, readjusted to them back on the floor with them as well. So, you know, like you already mentioned, you know, I don't think it would be a, a good idea for Milwaukee to bring back Giannis if they happen to lose both of these two games and, and need to get game three to, you know, keep the series alive. And then they have to, uh, you know, readjust themselves back to Giannis uh, in the lineup for game three. And if he's not healthy, um, you know, possibly losing that game and going down 0-3 um, series, that series will pretty much be, you know, over. Uh, no team's ever come back from, you know, 0-3. And I think the Suns are too good to lose four straight. So, the best situation uh, for the Bucks to bring back Giannis, I agree with you, would be uh, game two. All right, so let's just assume he probably comes back in game two. But let's talk about game one right now. You know, the Bucks, when Giannis was out, they played actually really well. So they have to have some type of confidence that they can go out and put up a decent amount of points, uh, play probably pretty good defensively, one by double digits, you know, against the Hawks without Giannis. So I'm not sure necessarily what you think about this line you know, Suns minus five and a half or, or how you feel for game one. I'll let you go ahead and lead out here. Um, 
I think they're going to need a big game from Middleton, probably a big game from Holiday to go ahead and steal this one. So how are you feeling about the Suns minus five and a half? Do you feel like that line's a little bit too much, or do you think it's not enough, or maybe do you think it's like kind of spot on? Well, just given how well the Suns have played at home um, throughout this postseason, I could kind of lean that way with them for for this game. But like you mentioned, uh, can't throw away the Bucks, you know, without Giannis quite yet because, uh, you know, throughout these playoffs, they have about a, a plus six, you know, net rating uh, overall. And over the last two games that they won, game five and six against Atlanta, you know, they had a plus 11 net rating of, and an offensive rating of 123. So um, I do think it would be a little bit tougher for them to – to perform that well without Giannis uh, against the Suns because their defense is just as good, if not better. We also being a quick turnaround for them and the Suns being a little bit more rested. I think you can kind of see a similar situation where the Suns played the Clippers and the Clippers were on a short turnaround and um, they pretty much kind of took off from the Clippers, you know, in the second half. So maybe a, a stronger lean or a stronger uh, opinion on this game for me would be a look at the Suns, you know, in the second half instead of the game. You know, I think one of the stories that's moved probably throughout the playoffs, something that just hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but I think we saw a ton of it was teams actually played really well when they were in the underdog role, whether it would be they were just, you know, a normal underdog or, you know, they lost a key player. I mean, go back to when the Nets, you know, lost Harden, lost Kyrie. I mean, they still fought. They still won games. KD goes out. You know, he has, you know, his 50 points. We see the Bucks. you know, with, you know, Giannis going down. They go out and they're like, it don't matter. You know, we're going to go out and do our thing. We win two games. Trey Young goes out. When he ended up missing his first game, Atlanta goes out um, and they win that game. There were a lot of uh, situations, I think, where the underdog role has actually helped out, um, you know, these underdog teams. And I don't think that the Suns probably have more confidence that they're going to win a series probably than they do right now. Like, I feel like the fact that Giannis is hurt and just the swagger that the Suns had in that after they beat the Clippers, like, I felt like everybody kind of thought, you know, it was only a matter of time before the Suns end up beating the Clippers, that maybe they come in here a little bit, a little bit too, I don't want to say too motivated, but just a little too cocky. And you're taking on an underdog. And we've seen these underdogs kind of play above their head and just go out there and say, you know what, we got to go out there and do our jobs and, and, and do them well. So I don't know how you feel about that. But was that something that you that you noticed throughout the playoffs? Because I always felt like it didn't matter for some of these underdog teams in these underdog roles that they just went out and in a lot of cases they exceeded expectations. So, you know, do you think that there's a good chance that the Bucks could – kind of relish in this type of role and maybe go out and exceed, you know, everybody's expectations for game one? I think they'll have the opportunity to, but just for the simple fact of the Suns, you know, their leader being Chris Paul and him being as feisty of a leader as he is, I don't really see uh, the Suns, you know, taking any any team for granted because that's something that typically happens when a star player for another team is hurt and is uh, he either misses the game or he's uh, not able to produce at the level he's used to produce at. And you'll see the other team, you know, kind of, you know, let up. And even when they have all the pressure on them to win the game, because the other team's, you know, best player, you know, is hurt and out or or limited. I don't think that'll be an issue for the Suns, at least for game one, 
especially with all the energy and the uh, that they'll be able to feed off from that crowd. Their crowd has been, you know, amazing, you know, throughout this playoff run. And, you know, also, you know, this being their first time in, in the finals since 93, I think Chris Paul's first time to the finals ever, you know, Devin Booker's, you know, first playoff run, he ends up in the finals who idolizes, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant a lot. So and him being on this stage, you know, for the first time, uh, I think they're, you know, whether Giannis plays or not, he's healthy or not. Uh, I think the Suns will be, you know, ready to go and, you know, they won't take any type of, you know, situation, you know, for granted, you know, as we've seen them take uh, take advantage of the situations that they had, you know, before them, whether it was going up against the Lakers without a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James to an extent, or going up against the Nuggets without a Jamal Murray for the entire series, or going up against the Clippers in the last series without a Kawhi Leonard. So I think they're just going to come out and, you know, play, you know, their style of basketball. And, you know, at least for this game, um, I think it might be a, a little bit too much for the Bucks to overcome, but I do think the Bucks can still play well, though. You mentioned Chris Paul being feisty, and I do want to circle back to that in a minute. But I want to talk about a wager that we could potentially make in this one, and that's the finals MVP. Right now, Chris Paul is the favorite at plus 170, followed by Devin Booker at plus 250. Uh, Giannis rings up here in third at plus 350. But then you have Middleton at plus 650, and you have Drew Holiday at 10 to 1. I actually think, Smooth, that if the Bucks win the title, that it's going to be Chris Middleton. They need him to go out and have four, five, six good games. And if they can get that from him and win the title, I don't see how he doesn't get the award. Because if he goes out and he has bad games, they're going to lose. And there's no even, I don't think there's any way that the, that the Bucks win the title with him having bad games. But you and I were talking and we were, you know, discussing Giannis and it was like, okay, well, he's not going to play game one. So if the Bucks go out and win that game, well, it's the, the spotlight's not going to be on Giannis. It's either going to be on Holiday or it's going to be on Middleton. And, you know, we're, we're talking about maybe he comes back game two. Maybe he's not 100%. Um, my gut feeling says smooth, like, if Giannis comes back and they win the title, that he's going to be the guy that helps them get the title. He's not going to be the guy that, that really wins it for him. That it's going to either be Holiday with how consistent he plays or it's going to be Middleton, you know, with his games. So I wouldn't play Giannis to go ahead and win finals MVP just because I think there is going to be games he misses and he's going to be limited to some some extent. He's going to need to rip off like four five games where just Giannis is being Giannis, where he goes out, he gets his 30, he gets his 40, you know, with his 10 and, you know, his eight or whatever the case might be. I just don't think that, the, that I don't think with that, that knee injury and the way that he plays this game that he can go out and do that. Um, it would be cool because I would love to see both teams go out and uh, be at a hundred percent and may the best team win. But my gut feeling is why don't we just play Middleton to go ahead and win Finals MVP at plus 650, you know, if you do think the Bucks are going to end up winning this one. Because I just don't believe that Giannis uh, wins this award right now. I think they have – I don't think they have it priced right. I think you should probably have Giannis and Middleton priced closer. Like, I can understand that you're you're putting a big name Giannis plus 350, but I think they're giving a little bit too much here um, probably to Middleton 
at plus 650. Like maybe he should be plus 450 because he's going to have to go out and have that type of a series um, in order for the Bucks to win. And if they do win, he's going to be, I think he's going to be the guy that has a spotlight. So I don't know how you feel about that. I'm not really too worried about, you know, the Suns players, whether it's CP3 or whether it's, you know, Devin Booker or maybe a DeAndre Ayton or something like that. But I just feel like there's a mispricing right now with the Bucks finals MVP odds. So if you want to talk on that, you know, on, on how you feel about, you know, Giannis being plus 350, you know, Holiday being 10 to 1, or Middleton being plus 650, it just seems like there's a mispricing there to me. Um, so I don't know how you feel about that. If you want to touch on that, you can you can go ahead. Yeah, when we talked about this um, earlier, I kind of it kind of was a toss up for me between uh, uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton just because of how well you know each player was playing. You know when Giannis was out, you know they both had an impact on the game uh, at different parts of the game to you know to get those game five and six wins against Atlanta. But you know just circling back to Chris Middleton, you know I agree with you that you know he could be you know the front runner, you know for the MVP if they happen to split you know, one of these first two games and they're playing without Giannis. And, you know, we kind of saw, you know, um, how the Bucks, you know, felt about, you know, Chris Middleton, you know, more so in game six than in game five. Because when Atlanta was making, you know, their run to come back in that game six, um, the Bucks went went to Middleton and he delivered big in that third quarter. And I think he outscored, you know, Atlanta, you know, by itself, uh, going on like a 13 or 14-0, a scoring run by itself. So um, I think he that's Middleton. I think that's something that he's proved not only to, you know, um, Milwaukee itself, but to, to Giannis uh, more importantly, to show him that, you know, I can be the guy, you know, to, to the go-to guy down the stretch of games, you know, when we need to get a crucial bucket and the defenses are, are keying in on you or, you know, just to, you know, give them the ball and play the offense through him. And, you know, we've seen him um, deliver uh, against Atlanta and against uh, the their closeout game uh, going up uh, going up against uh, Brooklyn in game six and seven. So uh, I think his confidence is sky high coming off a game and the series uh, like, like he did. And, you know, getting Middleton at plus 650 right now, um, I would lay that price for him to be MVP. Um, especially, you know, if they're able to get a split um, with, you know, these first two games with Giannis, you know, more than likely uh, or definitely missing game one. I I think he's going to miss game one and could possibly miss game two. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. They get the split um, and he wins and plays big. Um, that would be a, a good price to have in, in your pocket. I think one of the things, too, that also probably helps Middleton out is what you just touched on. The fact that he had some big games prior to the finals. And I know it's not the finals, but I think that that story, that narrative carries itself into, you know, going into the finals. And it was like, yo, this dude, you know, he went off in, in game five and game six. And, and, you know, in this particular game, in that particular game, it was like, you know, he's one of the main reasons why they got here. And going into, you know, the finals, Tomorrow, when we all listen to the news and Tuesday, you listen to the news, it's going to be two two stories are going to come out, you know, when it comes to the Bucks is, you know, Giannis is hurt. He's not going to play. And Chris Middleton needs to go out and he needs to go out and have that 38 point game again. And it's not like he can't do it because he's done it before. He's done it a couple of times in these playoffs and they start boosting him up. And at the end of 
the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, it was Middleton that was holding the trophy up and Giannis was standing there clapping and it was Middleton that was, you know, the guy that was up front getting his picture taken and stuff like that. So uh, I felt like he gobbled up a lot of the spotlight, you know, due to the Giannis injury. But he also went out, even when Giannis was playing, Middleton still went out there and did his kind of thing. So I'm going to play the mispricing. I think if I'm going to play any MVP, you know, for the finals, I'm only going to make one bet and I'll just play Chris Middleton at plus 650. I think there is value in that. And if the Bucks do win, um, it, like I said, it's going to have to take Giannis going out there more than likely just being down 0-2 and them coming back winning out of, you know, four out of five games and, and for Giannis to go out and, and be 100% healthy, 95% healthy, you know, putting up his 30 points, then I think that there's a good chance that, you know, that that he kind of steals it because then the then the story's going to switch. It's like, you know, you know, Giannis coming back, you know, that's the reason why they won. So uh, we'll see, but I have a feeling that Giannis isn't going to go out and have that, you know, that monster series. Uh, just because he's injured. Now, circling back to that whole Chris Paul being feisty thing, now one of the things I dug up here, Smooth, if you go through and you look at the Suns and you look up technical fouls throughout the entire season, three of the Phoenix Suns are in the top 15 players that have the most technical fouls. Devin Booker's like number two in the league. I would have never thought that. Uh, Chris Paul's like number seven or eight, and Jay Crowder's at like 15. So I got a lot of players on this team that have a lot of technical fouls. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the way that they play the game. Um, they're out there. They're, they're chippy. They're scrappy. They're getting in your head. Um, and we saw that with Pat Beverly. Um, Chris Paul was under his skin. Chris Paul can get under a lot of people's skin. Now, I think that's a good thing for the Suns team. As I watched Phoenix play and watched them play this chippy style of basketball where it seemed like they were in a lot of teams' heads and a lot of players' heads. It reminded me of, of Jordan and, and those Bulls teams where, you know, MJ would just get in your head and he not only beat you mentally, he beat you physically. Like I'd never seen a player that could phys- that could mentally beat you on a basketball court like Michael Jordan could. That was something that, in my opinion, that's something that LeBron James just never had um, and he still doesn't have it. I think LeBron could beat you with his success. I think that that's something that LeBron could bring in and be like, look at everything I've done throughout my entire career. But Jordan will throw that in your face uh, each and every day. And I felt like the Suns kind of had a lot of that going on. Like they right now, like they know that, you know, that they're like the cat's meow. Um, And they're kind of letting you know, and they're playing chip, you know, and have a problem, you know, pushing you around and swinging at you, diving at, you know, diving at loose balls and, and just doing whatever it takes just to get in your head. So I don't know if you've seen a lot of that smooth, but I worry about the Bucks going into this game because of that type of play. And this has been nothing new. This has been something that the Suns have done all year. And bringing in a player like Chris Paul, you know, I believe we talked about this, you know, months and months ago that that there's a culture change there, that it's a different style of basketball. It's a different brand. This is a different team. And although, you know, real, the only insertion was Chris Paul, there was a whole lot of grittiness, a whole lot of toughness, a whole lot of trash talking, and we're going to grind and we're going to get here. So I don't know if the Bucks could deal with that type of play. I'm not sure what you think about all that, but have you seen that type of play from the Suns all year? I'm 
certain you've probably seen it through the playoffs. Do you think the Bucks could handle that particular type of play, you know, with with that type of aggression from the Suns going into the finals, especially with a, a Giannis that might not be out there? Um, yeah, I think the Bucks can can match that type of physicality. Um, just for the simple fact that, you know, out of these two teams, even going back the last couple of years, you know, the Bucks, you know, they've been the team that had, you know, the championship aspirations and whether it's them falling short, you know, a couple of years ago to Toronto or, you know, falling short last year in the bubble to Miami, going out pretty early and being embarrassed that way. Well, now they're here and, you know, they're four games away from, you know, fulfilling, you know, uh, winning the title, you know, uh, built around Giannis and some of the players that they brought in there. They also have a, a, a tough mentality and play a physical but a smart brand of basketball when we're talking about either, you know, Drew Holiday or Bobby Portis or even, you know, picking up a guy like P.J. Tucker, who was a Chris Paul teammate, you know, back in Houston. So, yeah, Chris Paul, he he, he plays chippy and, you know, um, does some things that are kind of borderline, as, you know, some people might think, or crossing the line. Um, you know, but, you know, both teams are in the finals. Both teams both haven't been here in a while. Uh, both teams have, you know, storylines behind players that, you know, you know, really want to uh, win, win it bad. Being four games away, um, I think it's going to be, you know, chippy on both sides. You know, physical play on both sides. So, I don't think there's going to be a situation to where, um, you know, one team's going to punk, a, uh, punk the other, get the championship that way. I think they're just all going to leave it all on the line, and you know, both teams have you know makeup of players that you know they're not going to be pushed around out there on the court. So. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, it's definitely going to be some double text, you know, given out um, as the se- as the series goes on. So, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be you know physical play on on both sides. That's going to be that's going to be met. So one of the things I want to ask you, Smooth here, because you played basketball, you play it at a higher level, you understand the game, you know, X's and O's. You know, where do you think that there is probably going to be a matchup advantage or disadvantage for you know one of these teams uh, outside of you know Giannis's health? would be the, the, the battle of the backcourts, um, you know, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton versus, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And I think the, the backcourt that has the better uh, the better series is going to be the team that gives themselves the best chance of winning a championship. And I kind of lean slightly towards uh, Phoenix with Paul and Booker, just for the simple fact that, you know, they're the more consistent backcourt um, and the more explosive backcourt to where, you know, two games, you know, two closeout games, we've seen Chris Paul go for 41 and 37. And in another closeout game against the Lakers, um, we've seen Devin Booker go for 40 plus. And in three closeout games, Devin Booker's average uh, 34 points a game, shot over 50% from the field, 40% from the three-point line. Now we've seen, you know, Middleton and Drew Holiday play well, but we've seen them play well when Giannis wasn't on the court. And, you know, there have always been talks about Middleton and Holiday um, when it comes to, you know, uh, having to be aggressive and having being told to be aggressive and stay aggressive. So another factor would be, you know, when Giannis comes back, are, you know, Holiday and Middleton still able to play at an elite, you know, uh, uh, elite level like they're playing without him? Can they do that with him in the lineup to where if you go look at, Phoenix's backcourt with Booker and Paul, that's nothing that we really have to ask about them. You know, they've just been really consistent, you know, with their high level of play. 
You know, I uh, thought maybe you might have you know, said the Bucks might have had the better backcourt. Yeah, because of the defense that I think the Bucks could play. Like I would say, Holiday's probably a better defender than Chris Paul. I'm guessing he'll probably be on Chris Paul. And the other reason why I thought maybe you might say the Bucks there is because Chris Middleton, you know, has a, a decent length advantage over Devin Booker. But then what kind of gave me pause was the fact that you talked about Chris Paul having, you know, his best games. And immediately what I thought about, I wanted to go back to, you know, the Clippers series where they talked a lot about Zubak and Chris Paul was just down there abusing him. Do you feel like now with Giannis out, like that has to open up a lot for Chris Paul? Do you think that somebody like a Lopez is very similar to maybe like a Zubak? Like might we see Chris Paul game one, game two? You know, with with Giannis out being out, especially, you know, do we do we see like that? You know, that thirty five point game, you know, again from Chris Paul. I don't want to go and say that the that the Bucks have the better backcourt because a lot of the things you said make sense. But let's just say let's just say that that Giannis isn't in there. Is there a potential that that Lopez is similar to Zubac, and is there a potential we see like that thirty five point game from Chris Paul again? Uh, most definitely. Um... I think Lopez um, resembles Zubac a lot on the defensive end because they both like to play in that drop style of coverage that and that leaves open, you know, that mid-range area part of the court. And with Chris Paul being, you know, the mid-range king, you know, we've seen him kill um, the Clippers with that shot. We've seen him kill the Nuggets with that shot. But we also we've also seen you know Devin Booker play well in that area of the court uh, also. So. Um, you know, with with Giannis being out, um, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Coach Budenholzer uh, is still going to play, you know, Lopez, his normal uh, amount of minutes, whether, you know, north of 30 minutes uh, out there on the floor, you know, and, and give up that shot to Paul and Booker. Or with Giannis being out, is he going to try to, you know, get a little bit more quicker um, and, and more athletic? and play up on, you know, when they set those picks to get those guys open and maybe go with a, a Bobby Portis and a P.J. Tucker at the five and four if, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker just keep killing um, the Bucks with Lopez on the floor, you know, in that area of the court because uh, that could ultimately be, you know, who um, the, the what, what it comes down to who wins game one is, you know, Lopez being able to, uh, defend that area of the court or they got to go a different route, you know, because Giannis isn't out there to um, to make up for that, make up for that weakness. I think one of the things that I was thinking about there, Smooth, as you talked about all that, was the Bucks defense without Giannis. What's that going to look like? Obviously, we know that they have one of the better defensive teams in the league, but you're taking arguably one of the best defensive players off the floor how do the Bucks slow down the Suns? And I'm thinking, you know, these totals are low. But go back to the Hawks series. You know, the, the Hawks put up, what, I think 112 and 107 points or something like that. Like, you know, they, they hit the century mark in both of those games. And Trey Young was, you know, out and, and banged up. And, and they still just put up triple digits. Like, we're talking about, you know, do we need a massive game from from Chris Paul in order to get to the century mark? No, I don't think we do. But I think if you can go ahead and get, you know, your 20 points from Chris Paul, maybe even 25, 
I don't see how the Suns don't hit the century mark. I wonder if we just go ahead and, and take advantage of maybe we don't play the side, maybe we don't play the total because you don't know what you might get from the Bucks without Giannis. But it feels like as we talk through this, like we feel pretty confident or pretty comfortable that the sh- that the Sun should be able to go out there and and get their points. Maybe we look at their team total over, you know, until Giannis comes back. So let's say Giannis is out game one, Giannis is out game two. You know, why not just play the Suns over their team total? Like, do you see any? Do you see any reason why we shouldn't play the Suns uh, team totals over? Because it doesn't sound like, you know, from the conversation that we had, that we see much regression in their offense at all. That we're thinking that the Suns offense is going to go out there and kind of just do their thing. Yeah, I would look to play the Suns team total over. And you know, since we talked talked through, um, you know, the battle of the backcourts, I would also look at playing. Uh, either a, a Chris Paul or a Devin Booker, uh, their player props, you know, to the over. If we get some good value on, you know, Chris Paul, either his points or in points plus assists. Um, don't have the numbers right now in, in front of me at the moment, but, you know, just, you know, going and doing some more research, you know, uh, on in that situation, you know, I would look to play those as well, you know, if we can get a, a good number and it's not uh, overvalued. I think Chris Paul wants to go out and not only win the title, but I do think he wants to win, you know, finals MVP because I think there is a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a a toss up between who's the best player on this team. Um, And if Paul can go out and without Giannis out there and he's like, if I could just go out and have a really big game one and go do, you know, what I did in the last game where I put up 35, 37, 38 points, something like that that that's going to give him kind of, um, you know, a leg up into winning that award. A lot of the success that Devin Booker is going to have is because Chris Paul is helping him, you know, feed him the ball a lot. So I wonder if if Paul comes out and he's like, you know what, I could be a little bit selfish in this game um, and go out and see if that shot's there, you know, with Lopez trying to, to guard him or whatever the case might be. So I wonder if Paul is probably the better of the two picks. So let's just say you're Chris Paul coming into this game smooth. Is game one going to be the game that you're probably the most aggressive, uh, probably shooting the ball? Like, let's go see, you know, figure this out and see if that works. Because um, if it does, again, it probably gives him a leg up in the finals MVP stuff. But I think Paul has to get going as well. So, and I think he probably has the utmost you know, confidence that Booker is going to be able to do whatever Booker wants to do whenever he wants to do it. So I think Paul wants to get going. I think he wants to get going probably for a couple of reasons. So would you think that game one is probably maybe the best game to go ahead and play Chris Paul over his point total? Yeah, I would. Um, also to add to your, the points that you made, you know, game one, um, his first time, you know, in the finals, I think he would want to come out and set a tone for, you know, a pretty young team, you know, outside of Jay Crowder. I know he hasn't, I know Chris Paul hasn't been to the finals, but, you know, these guys haven't been on this stage either. And him, you know, being, you know, the 36 year old vet and, you know, just watching this team throughout the years, um, whenever they, you know, really got rolling, like, yeah, they have Devin Booker, who's elite in, in himself, in himself. But um, whenever this team, you know, really got going and put their opponent away, it's been Chris Paul, you know, that went into that aggressive scoring, uh, that aggressive attack mode. 
um, whether it's his closeout games, you know, scoring 41 or 37, 38, anything like that. And, you know, you, you can kind of see the Suns uh, separate from their opponent when he goes into that mode. So, um, you know, in game one uh, with him, with them wanting to set the tone for the series and, you know, you know, not give a, give away a game, you know, with the Bucks, you know, going to be without Giannis. Um, I think he could be, you know, in a, in a aggressive uh, scoring attack mode, you know, pretty much all game. And I think we will get the better value on his uh, point prop uh, playing that to the over. Yeah, right now on Fandle, his player prop for points is 20 and a half. You know, my gut feeling says I, I we see him somewhere in that, you know, 24, 25 point area. I think he's going to take a couple extra shots. I think he's going to try to take advantage of, you know, the fact that Giannis isn't out there. I do believe that he's going to, you know, think about that finals MVP. And if he can go out and have a big first game, you know, when the narrative coming in smooth was that, you know, Paul had that massive last game. So it's like, well, you know, like, whoa, like this dude can go out there and not only distribute the basketball and cause havoc all over, he can go out there and score too. And he wants to carry that narrative over. So um, I think that's a good pick. I don't know if you want to give that out as a pick on here, but I'll do that smooth. Um, maybe you can go ahead and uh, and stamp it. But I think we go ahead and we play Chris Paul, you know, over his 20 and a half points for game one. So if you want to go ahead and stamp that there smooth, um, we'll go ahead and we'll give that one out. Yep, I'm on that. 20 and a half to the over for Chris Paul. All right, good stuff. So there you guys go. So we actually talked ourselves into a play there. Uh, feel pretty good about that. So let's go ahead and just talk about the series in general. Uh, we don't really have to talk about game one. I felt like we kind of smoothed over quite a bit about that. But, you know, where, where, where do you fall on this series? For me, I just think the Giannis injury is just too much for, for the Bucks to overcome. That it's kind of... Uh, I feel like it's Chris Paul's time. The Suns have home court advantage. That is not an easy place to play. That place is going to be an absolute zoo. I think that somebody like Chris Paul right now um, with a healthy squad, even if things don't go right in game one, game two, game three, he can settle his team down. And if things aren't going right for the Bucks, that maybe they question themselves you know, if if Giannis is, when's he coming back? Um, you know, let's say he's on the floor. You know, is he healthy? We're not getting enough out of him. Like, I feel like there might be a lot of scrambling um, for the Bucks, And we saw that with the Nets. You know, there was a lot of scrambling that that team had to do. And, you know, give, give credit where credit's due. You know, Brooklyn pushed them, you know, all the way to the end there. But ultimately, the Bucks, you know, were the better team. I just don't like the scrambling thing. I don't like the Giannis injury. Um, I think that this Suns team plays chippy. I think they play gritty. I think that this probably is a decent matchup for the Suns. They did win, you know, both regular season meetings against this Bucks team. For me, it would be play the Suns minus the 180 for the series. So I'll just leave it at that smooth. But I do want to throw one more question at you when it comes to this series price. But I'll let you go ahead and give out your series pick right now. I'm on the Suns minus the 180. I feel comfortable. I feel confident with that team right now. They're healthy. I think they are the better team right now. Home field advantage, home court advantage. I just think there's too many pluses, you know, going on right now for the Suns for them not to win the title. Uh, what do you got? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like the Suns as well. Um, 
laying the minus 180, um, that's not a bad number to lay, but I think you might be able to get a better uh, a better series price once Giannis is back uh, in the lineup and playing. So um, there's no problem. I don't think there's no problem playing the price now or, you know, wait until you get a better price. But y'all like the Suns as well. Even, you know, um, the start of the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals, you know, when that we have four teams left. I thought that the Suns was, you know, playing the most consistent basketball, pretty much all playoffs uh, leading up to that point. And I didn't see anything that, you know, uh, that got me off of that, uh, got me off of that point. You know, once the conference finals was completed, you know, whether, you know, they was playing against an injured team or uh, a healthy team, you know, they still went out and did what they needed to do. <clears throat> we did see the Bucks go up against the Hawks uh, without Trey Young, you know, and they kind of, um, relaxed for a little bit uh, for a game and, and gave up a game and then going against, you know, the Brooklyn Nets um, when they was down, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving and pretty much a James Harden on one leg, you know, give them credit. You know, they did win it, but they won it in seven when I thought that they should have won that in maybe five or six games. So uh, I think Phoenix, you know, they're they're playing the, the the most consistent and the best basketball of the two teams. I think when you go to the coaching side of things, you know, Monty Williams against Coach Bud, um, I think you know, Monty Williams has the edge there as well. So I would uh, I would play um, the Suns would be my pick as well. All right. So before we wrap this up, I do want to throw one more question at you. But it seems like you and I are in agreement here uh, that the Suns are probably going to end up taking down the title. But here's my question, Smooth. And I don't know what you think about this. I have a feeling if the Suns win game one, that minus 180, it doesn't change. I don't think it matters if they win game one. I think that that price was put out there, one for Giannis not playing, but also that price was being put out there that the Suns are going to win game one at home and that that price probably doesn't even change. I don't think it goes to minus you know, 210 or 230 uh, where it normally would move you know, 30, 40, 50 cents you know, when a team wins a game because if that's the case, now you're going to end up getting the Bucks at, you know, 2-1, to one, plus 210, plus 190, somewhere in that area. And then here comes Giannis, and it's like, well, now what do we do? Drop the price. I don't think they want to give really any bargain to the Bucks betters after game one. I feel like they want to, if you're going to bet the Bucks, bet them now. If they come out and win game one, that price is going to go away completely. That More than likely, if the Bucks win game one, that minus 180 is probably going to become a pick because they know that Giannis is going to end up probably coming back at some point. Now that I'm talking through this move, if you like the Bucks, I think you have to bet them now. Don't wait until they're down one game because I don't think you're going to get anything extra. I don't think you're going to get anything extra. And if you're betting the Suns, maybe you just bet them now too um, because I don't think that that price is going to change. Actually, if you bet the Suns, maybe you bet them in game two, um, knowing that if they lose this particular game, that you might end up getting a pick em. So I am kind of talking through this, thinking about it. So with everything that I said there, Smooth, you know, how do you feel about about the pricing? Do you think if the Suns win game one that the price changes or no? Um, I don't think it will, just for the simple fact that they're waiting for uh, Giannis to be you know, uh, out there playing. And, you know, then they'll make their make their adjustments. So um, the only way the only other, uh, exception I can see it moving uh, would be if the Suns would just come out and win by 20 plus points. Uh, 
um, and they're just running them off the court. And then I would see them make an adjustment, some type of adjustment into the series price in favor of the Suns. Um, but other than that, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't think it would move much if it doesn't if it moves at all. Um, whether you know the Suns, unless the Suns just come out and just blow them out. I wonder if the Suns come out. Let's say they you know don't cover, or if they just barely cover, and then it gets announced that Giannis is coming in. That let's just say the minus one eighty now turns to you know the Suns minus one fifty. It was like how are they you know one and zero in the series and the price went down. I think that there's a there's a possibility that that happens too. Uh, one way or another, Giannis is going to move the line. I think we, we can agree on that um, for sure. Uh, one way or another, like once he comes back, I think I, I do think the market's going to end up moving um, in some type of way. But uh, right now, I think that maybe you wait on the Suns now that we talked through this a little bit. Maybe you don't play the Suns at minus 180. Maybe you wait um, until game two because I don't think the price is going to change. And if Giannis does come back, um, that there is a possibility that, you know, the price actually does come down. And if you like the Bucks, I think you have to go ahead and bet them now because if Giannis does come back, um, the price has a potential to drop. But if the Bucks do win game one or game two, um, there's probably a good possibility that that price is going to come down as well. So my recommendation would be if you like the Bucks, bet them now. If you like the Suns, you can probably go ahead and wait. Uh, Smooth and I, we like the Suns for the series. And we're going to go ahead and give you guys Chris Paul, uh, his point prop over 20 and a half. We feel pretty good about that. Uh, you got anything else there, Smooth, to go ahead and wrap up? You got any closing thoughts on uh, on the series? Anything we should look out for? Uh, what are you most excited for, you know, for this particular uh, NBA Finals? Maybe I'll wrap it up with that. Is there anything in particular that, that you're really excited for, you know, each and every game throughout the Finals? Yeah, um, I know it's not, you know, the most well-known teams or some of the most well-known players. You know, we're, we're talking about like a LeBron or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or anything like that. But I do, you know, think this is going to be, you know, a really great uh, and competitive uh, final series. You know, both teams uh, are seem to be pretty much evenly matched. Uh, both teams are either 12-4 and four or 12-5 and five throughout the playoffs. You know, both teams have a net rating around the same, about a plus six. To a, plus, uh, to a plus seven, um, you know, both teams are relatively healthy, you know, just waiting on, you know, Giannis's news and how he looks when he gets out on the court. But I think it's going to be a, a fun and an exciting series to watch, you know, some up and coming teams, uh, superstars, young superstars like Devin Booker and, and Giannis and, you know, Chris Middleton, even though he's not as young as those two, but, you know, he's, he's showing that he's, you know, more than what the media makes him out to be. Uh, same for Drew Holiday. So um, even though they don't, there's not the most you know recognizable names and talents, but I think uh, a lot of people that are going to tune into this are going to see some some good and, and competitive uh, basketball. And hopefully, it's a six or seven game series of you know just good basketball, good matchup. For me, the two things I'm looking for to move is I think this is going to be a chippy series. I think this is going to be a you know one of those bloody type of series. Players are pushing, grinding, you know, punches might be thrown, whatever. But I do think this is going to be one of those old school type of uh, looking series for sure. But I think the other thing that I always look for, especially in, you know, seven game series or, you know, like a college football national championship or the Super Bowl, you know, who, where, who's that role player going to be? Like, where's that guy? Who is going to be that guy? You know, is it going to be a guy like um, Connaughton? Is it going to be a guy? 
you know, like a Bridges or something like that. Like, who, which one of those guys is going to break out, carry their team, and just always be like, hey, like that dude really showed up. You know what I mean? I always like to find that that role player that really steps up and, and uh, you know, plays well above his head and, and, and just can go ahead and play really good, you know, when that spotlight's on in these big, big moments. I always like to find that guy because um, a lot of times those guys don't get any credit, but um, there's always a guy like that. So I don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be interesting uh, to go ahead and see. But uh, that'll wrap up our, our finals preview for Smooth. We had a great talk. A lot of good things we talked about here. Uh, hopefully you guys got some decent information. But uh, you know where to find me on Twitter, SleepyG underscore pregame. You know where to find Smooth at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck in the NBA finals. Enjoy the games.